If you guys will turn in your Bibles to John 15, I know you guys have your Bibles. If you don't have your Bibles, we have it up on the digital Bible that is up on the screen. But um, if you could take out your Bibles, turn to John 15. This message today is going to be about boldness. It's not necessarily the most popular topic to talk about, and it's not necessarily everyone's favorite, but it is going to be um, the subject for tonight. So, John 15, let me, as you guys turn there, let me give you a little bit of a background of where we are at in the story. This is the Gospel of John written by the Apostle John, who was the disciple John, um, uh, Jesus' uh, beloved disciple, the disciple whom Jesus loved, is how he refers to himself several times in his own Gospel. It's kind of funny. Um, but this is after the triumphant entry. This is after he rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. This is um, after he spent time in the temple, turning over the tables, all that stuff. And he is there at the Last Supper. He has already kind of sent Judas off to do what Judas is going to do. He's already told Peter, hey, bro, you're going to deny me, and it's going to be three times. And Peter's like, no way, man. And so, um, so we're in John 15, and he just finished giving his, his um, I am the vine and you are the branches. My commandment is to love one another. And then he goes into a great topic Um, And he says, we're going to pick it up in verse 18. Uh, If the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it, but you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world, so it hates you. That is so uplifting. I know. Um, So um, I promise it gets better. Um, There's, it's a good message. It's not like going down on you guys. But um, so the title of the message is, I didn't actually end up making a title sequence for it, but it's, uh, it's called uh, Just Do It. Just Nike it. Just Nike, all right? So if you're taking notes, I encourage you guys to take notes. Um, you should always bring Bibles and something to write notes on. That is, that is what you should do when you come to Bible, or when you come to Bible, when you come to, to church. Um, we're going to pray for my nerves. I don't know why I'm nervous. I talk in front of you guys all the time. Don't laugh at me, Zion. Anyways, let's pray. <laughs> Lord God, we thank you so much for this time that we get to, um, get to spend with you, Lord, in hearing about uh, your word. Father God, I pray that you would open up all our hearts and minds to receive what you have to speak tonight, Father God, that you would be glorified and magnified in this place. Lord, let my words be yours. Let my heart be yours, Father God, as we talk about this tonight. Lord, I pray that tonight would be a new night for some people, that it would make an impact. And Lord, I pray that this message is something you put on my heart because you know that this is a place that is capable of understanding and hearing and utilizing what you have to say tonight. In your name we pray, amen. So, um, so I, when I was in elementary school, I went to a private elementary school. Like I said um, earlier, I was in a Christian family. My dad was a pilot at the time at Van Nuys Airport. My mom was a school teacher, still is a school teacher, um, down in the valley. And so my parents kind of wanted me to be somewhere close in case of emergencies, um, unless I'm mistaken. That's not the reason. But, um, but they chose a, uh, a, a private school. And if any of you know um, the friendship between Brant and I, which is almost like a love story, um, we met there in preschool, and we've been friends ever since. And it's been a really long friendship, and it's still been really great. But anyway, so I, I graduated, quote-unquote, from, um, I don't know how you graduate from sixth grade to seventh. Anyways, I graduated from the private school, and I just, my parents decided to move me to public school. So I went to Placerita Junior High. How many of you people go to Placerita? How many of you went to Placerita? 
went or currently go to. Yeah? No? Not a lot of you? Okay, well, I'm right there with a few of you. Awesome. Sweet. So that was my transition from private to public school was Placerie to junior high school, and I will never forget the first day I was walking into the gates, already super nervous, and the first thing that I hear is, oh my goodness, how the bleep are you? And I was just like, whoa, where am I? What is this place? Come on, I have no friends already. Don't do this to me, God. And so, and, and so um, I, you know, I had some friends that went there, not really necessarily cl- close friends, but, um, but I remember the first day I made some friends because, you know, God, I... Yeah, um, I made friends, and one of them happened to be like this really awesome Christian, and she, she and her friends came and sat down with me, and, um, and they, we ate lunch together, and it was great. Um, but, you know, after that, as you progress, um, you know, you start to make friends with your classmates. You know, that's kind of how you make friends is the people that you're sitting next to, the person that's grading your paper, and you're like, hey, just give me an A. I don't know what I'm talking about. And they're like, okay, you do the same. You guys end up being best friends for like the next six years, and then you graduate and go separate ways, and then you see each other at the 10-year anniversary, and you're like, oh my goodness, how you doing? But I don't know if that's true. I haven't made it that far yet. Um, But... um, but yeah, so, you know, you make friends with your classmates. And so I made some friends. We would play Ultimate Frisbee during brunch. Um, we were baller at it. Like, we took up the entire field by the portables. But we threw one too many Frisbees up on top of the portables, and we had to stop. So I remember one day, you know, I'm still, I'm, my mindset is I went from a place where everyone knew about God, whether they believed in him or not, to now I think no one knows who God is. Like, unless you go to my church and I already know who you are, I don't think you know about God. So I'm sitting there with my friends who I'm pretty sure None of them know Jesus. And I remember sitting there, and he's, like, lacing up his sneakers, and I, like, pull out my little baggie of carrots, and I, like, you know, I'm like, okay, how do I start this conversation? So I was just like, this is so embarrassing. Oh, my gosh. Um, he, I was just like, hey, dude, um, so, uh, so, so do you believe in angels and demons? And he just looks at me, and he goes, I guess. That was the extent of our conversation. That was me witnessing to my friend for the first time in seventh grade. It was that, like, dorky. There's, like, a month later, a month later, there was no joke. Remember the Gideon Bibles that, like, people hand those out on the corner, the orange Bibles? I legit had a Gideon Bible. I think I took it from my dad's workbench and put it in an envelope, sealed it, wrote my friend's name on it, and gave it to them the next day at school, and was like, here you go. So they think they're going to get, like, a gift or a letter, or like, what is this kid doing? And they open it up, and they're like, oh, there's a New Testament Bible in here. Who is this kid? Who invited him to our friend group? And so I, um, that was, like, my first few months in public school was um, very awkward encounters like that. But progressively, I got comfortable with some of my other friends that I ended up transitioning friend groups in, not because of that, but like I just made different friends um, and uh, throughout high school. And so I remember distinctly one of them, uh, him and I would have conversations um, about what we believed. He knew that I loved Jesus. He knew that I was a believer and I knew that he wasn't, and I knew that he didn't believe in Jesus at all, or that God even existed, or anything like that. So we would have discussions and conversations, and it would just literally end up in like, okay, agree to disagree. Want to go get a hot dog? Cool. And so we would like go and get food. And um, we were in like ASB together, so it would be like while we're setting up for football games at COC, and it was just like, hey man, I believe this. And I'd be like, I don't. And so, um, so I had a few friends that I'd have conversations with like that, and it just, it, nothing came from it. And I realized that I started becoming so comfortable with people 
that I would just share what I believed, but I was still uncomfortable in asking them if they would consider believing what I believe, if they would come to church with me. How many of you guys invite friends? Don't raise your hands. How many of you guys invite friends to church? You know, it's, it's one of those things that as growing up, I just didn't do a whole lot. Um, and, and so um, by, willing to, by being willing to share and invite them to come to church, sharing what you believe in, in proclaiming Jesus in public places, um, that, is, that is something that is so fundamentally important as for spreading the gospel. For, for being Jesus followers, we are supposed to proclaim the name of Jesus to people that we meet. I've already mentioned her name, Abigail, um, my little sister. Um, this happened like maybe a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, something like that. But we're having a, a family discussion, and um, it wasn't serious, but it was just like something, she slipped and said like a word that she knows she's not supposed to say and like immediately regretted it. And then, I love you, kiddo. Um, and then she, uh, she just kind of got really upset because we were talking about like how that's her, her friend's influence. And, and she just kind of got upset. And I don't remember, I kind of tuned out in the conversation for like a brief second, but somehow we ended up from that to her saying that she's not allowed to talk about God with her friends. And we were all kind of like, wait a minute. No, you're allowed. You're allowed to do that. And she was, she was saying, no, I don't want to get in trouble. I'm going to get in trouble if I do that. And this, she was visibly upset, like, like choking up on tears, like just this little girl just like not happy about this at all. And we were like, no, you're allowed to do this. And if anyone tells you that they're not, they're going to have to come and talk to us because you are allowed to do this. There's nothing that says it. And so how many, I, I think that's something that the enemy is, when I heard that, when I heard her say that, I realized in my own life, I realized in the lives of, of the students that, that I, I help out and serve with with you guys that this is something that the enemy tries to do is he starts very young. And tells us we are not allowed to talk about God because this is not where God is. He's in church. You talk about God in church, not out here. And that's so wrong. That's not what we're supposed to do. So if you're taking notes, I really encourage you guys to take notes. I don't have necessarily point by point by point, but I do have scriptures for you guys to write down if you want to. So if you're taking notes, my only point tonight is to be bold. Okay? To be bold. If we go back to John 15 real quick. I threw you off, Shelly, I'm sorry. But um, it says, if the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if it belonged to you, but you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world, so it hates you. Jesus literally says, I chose you. I chose you. You were a part of the world, and I called you out of the world. I chose you to be bold. And he's speaking this to his disciples, and John hears this and records it, and it has an impact on him for the rest of his life. Philippians 2, 12, um, you know what, Shelly, I'm just going to do one of the verses. Go to the second slide for it. I think it's, yeah, it's the first part of, of 15. It says, live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. And then it goes on to say some more things. But that's the, that's the scripture, that's the, the verse I, I really wanted to focus on for this because it says, live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. This world is messed up. I don't know if you guys have noticed. 
I don't know if you, like, watch news or, or I know a lot of you are on, like, Twitter and Instagram and, like, social media has, has become kind of a catalyst for news and, and just seeing what happens, but this world is jacked up, and we are supposed to live clean, innocent lives as children of God. Shining like bright lights. No, I don't want to highlight it. Shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked. We are supposed to be innocent children. We're not supposed to be a part of this world. This world is crooked and perverse. And we're supposed to be the innocent, shining, bright lights of God in this place. We cannot proclaim Christ and then act like we don't know him when we're outside of church, when we're at school, when we're just in public in general. This is something that when I, when I was thinking about it, this is something I'm, I might spend extra time on this, but whatever. Um, if you are not influencing your friends, they are influencing you. If you are not influencing, my dad had an old saying, and I know it's not his, but you are who you hang with, and I hate that he was right. I hate that he was right in telling me that because he, you know, he would tell me all the time, like, son, you are who you hang with. And I was like, okay, dad, like, I'm different though. And as I lacked influence on my friends, their influence rubbed off on me. And then I looked at my life and was like, wow, there's a whole lot of stuff that needs to be fixed now. And Jesus said, don't worry, I'll fix that for you. So the good news is Jesus brought me back. Jesus fixed me. He put me back on his path. Praise God. Um, But at the same time, you are who you hang with. If you're not influencing your friends, if you aren't mentioning God at all, not in a oh my God kind of way, but if you aren't mentioning God in any way with your friends that points them to Jesus, that gives you any kind of validation as a Christian, then they are influencing you. And it is supposed to be the other way around. We are the light of the world And a light shines through the darkness. The darkness does not consume the light. I'm going to go on to my next scripture, um, which is in 1 John 2, uh, 15 through 17. You guys don't have to flip there. I have it up on the screen for you like I did the last one. Um, But this is, again, John. I love love, um, 1 John. It's one of my favorite books of the Bible. Um, I listened to a whole series on it, and I really just kind of... um, felt for, for what John was saying. It had a huge impact on the way that I looked at things. And, and so it says here, do not love this world for the things, or, nor the things that it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not love the Father uh, of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasures, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. We don't belong to this world. We should feel uncomfortable and foreign in this place. We should feel like strangers. If, if this is, I, I really, really hope it didn't happen here. But you know when you go to a new place for the first time and you kind of feel like way out of place and you're like, I don't belong here. We're supposed to feel like that in this world because we don't belong in this world. We belong with Jesus. We are meant for the kingdom of God. We are meant to live in eternity in heaven with God 
and with Jesus, and with everyone who believes. That is, that is our home. This is not our home. So if you are fishing for likes on Instagram, if you are trying to impress people with the way that you dress, the things that you have, the things that you wear, you are living of this world, and the Father is not in you. Straight up, the Father is not in you. So if you are proclaiming Christ, you cannot be proclaiming the things of this world as well. I did not adopt a good fashion sense from either of my parents, and I am so okay with that because I don't want to dress like someone who has it all together because I don't have it all together, but I want people to look at me and say, that guy is kind of dorky, but he loves Jesus. He's not exactly entirely funny, but he loves Jesus. He's not the best looking dude, but he loves Jesus. Come on. Someone say, hey, you're wrong. I'm kidding. Don't say that. <laughs> don't say that. Um, but if you, if you are more concerned about the things you get for your birthday, the presents, how good they are, how do they compete with people on Christmas? Like, how many times do you get distracted by the presents you get on Christmas versus the person next, like your, your siblings or like your friends? Like, I remember, like, my friend across the street, we, him and I grew up together, um, almost as long as Brant and I did, but not quite. Um, and it would be like almost every Christmas we would both get Nerf guns or something like that. And his was always better than mine. He just had like 800 darts all over his house. And I would walk over the Christmas day and walk into like a battle zone. Someone would like snipe me from upstairs and it would like hit me in the neck. And I'd like pretend to die. And then I'd go and grab mine that's like that. And he would be like using like the one with batteries. And he's just like as he's like running around shooting me eight times. And I was like bro, I want one. And so I used all my gift cards for Target that I would get from my family who didn't know what to get me. And I would go get a better Nerf gun than him. And then he would go and get a better one than me. And then we'd both break them and then we'd give up on it. But how many times do you compete? How often are we in competition with the people around us and what we have in the newest stuff, in the best stuff? My iPhone is jacked up, and it got more jacked up yesterday, but I'm okay with it. I'm going to milk it until I can personally buy myself a new one because I don't need the latest and greatest thing. As long as it works, as long as I can call home and my friends and Instagram still loads every now and again, I'm okay. I don't need... Instagram to load super quickly so that I can post stuff and get a bunch of likes. I don't need to have the latest and greatest iPhone with the best technology and stuff like that because all I use it for is Clash Royale, social media, and calling friends. Or te I text mostly. I, I apologize for lying to you. I don't really call a lot of people. I text mostly. Um, I wish, I wish I called people. Um, and so, so with all those possessions, with all that focus on the world, that's, that, is, that is distraction from the enemy who's saying like, hey, look at all this stuff. And Jesus keeps trying to pull your attention back this way and say, no, 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 no. We're going this way. Look, 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 at like, we're going that way. Don't stop. And it's like, like um, the dog Doug in, in uh, Up where he's just like, squirrel. And he waits for a second. And it's like, that's how we are sometimes. We are Doug, where we're just like, squirrel, Nerf gun, new car, nice watch, look at those shoes. When Jesus just wants to say, no, we're going this way. There's a, I don't know the exact scripture, it just came to me, but it's, it's a portion of scripture where Jesus says, take up your cross daily and follow me. Take up, 
two pieces of wood nailed together that I carried through the streets while getting spit on, bleeding with a crown of thorns in my head after I was mocked by everyone that I thought loved me. While I was, and first, for the record, Jesus never came here to make friends with everyone. He did not come to make a political statement saying, I am going to appease everyone with what I say. He made more enemies by the things he told people to do and the things that people had to do to get into the kingdom of God than he made friends telling him that way. And so Jesus carries this cross to die for our sins, and he tells us, pick up your cross daily and follow me. Not pick up your new watch, pick up your sick new whip, pick up your sick razor scooter, whatever it is, and follow me. No, he says, pick up your cross, your rugged, wooden cross. Pick it up, follow me. That thing's not light either, okay? We've moved that a lot recently, and if that is anything what the cross actually weighed like, that's hard. So, Jesus is, I don't, I, he's, Good thing he was like 100% God too because there was no way he would have just carried that through the streets. Anyways, that's just a side fact. So, um, so Colossians 3 says this. Um, this is another letter written by Paul um, and he's talking about a new life in Christ. He's talking about this is what you're supposed to look like. So I'm, I'm going to kind of skim over some of the parts of it, but there is one, one aspect that I really want to get to, and it says, think about the things of heaven, not the things of the earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. And then he lists some of those things, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Do not be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater. I'm pretty sure I just covered that. Worshiping the things of this world, because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time for you to get rid of your anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Ooh, dirty language. That's not a comfortable topic. I had the worst sailor's mouth ever, and that came from the influence of my friends. And it's been such a hard habit to kick. Even leading up to tonight, I was joking with Pastor Brandon, saying that I was going to fast, saying, I'm going to say it um, just, so, just so it's, I, I know, but I, I told him I was going to fast saying the word frick. A lot of people say it. It's not the F word. It's not the actual word. But it's about the heart. And so I fasted it, not because I was like, I'm going to fast it until I preach and then change everything again. No, I was trying to break a habit because, like I said, this started out as a conviction on my own life. I'm not preaching to you guys saying this is everything you guys need to do to readjust your sight and fix your life and do this and that and the other. But... This is something that we are doing together because this is what the Bible tells us we are called to. Then he says, do not lie to each other for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Verse 17, and whatever you do or say, do it as a representation of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him for God the Father. Are you dragging Jesus' name through the mud? Are you still part of this world? 
Are you claiming to love Jesus and still struggling with being a part of this world? Worship team, if you want to come on up here, um, I'm going to land this plane. Um, So, it's like, anyways, whatever, laugh at me if you will. This is my heart behind it, guys, is, is this is, this is not necessarily the most comfortable thing to hear. This is not necessarily the most comfortable thing to think about of, oh gosh, I have to change all this stuff to really follow Jesus. Yeah, you do. Um, but that's okay because you're not changing yourself by yourself. God is working in you and through you. Actually, part of the scripture that I skipped in Philippians 2.12, Shelly, if you can put it back up real quick, it says, work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with a deep reverence and fear, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. You're not doing this by yourself or for yourself. You're doing this with God, for God, for his kingdom. And so, guys, my, 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 main, my main focus for, for tonight is to be bold, is to be kingdom vision. Kingdom vision. We'll just say it that way. Um, not correct. Grammarly, gram, grammatically. Wow. Um, but have your, have your vision set on, on the things of God and not of the things of this world. Be bold. I want you guys to know that we serve a good God. We serve a God who loves us unconditionally, no matter how bad we mess up. And let me be the first one to tell you that I make a lot of mistakes, but I know that God still loves me. I know that he still is there with me, and he's helping me work through these things and fix these things and and continue to point me in the direction of being able to be fully obedient and serve him. So, We serve a good God. This isn't meant to scare you. I don't want you guys to leave tonight being like, oh, I have to do all this. That's going to be just a nightmare to do. That's too much work. I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go my own way because... I don't, I can't go this way, Jesus. I just, I can't, it's too much. It's, it's in, I was listening to a sermon about it earlier, and Jesus asks three men to do three different things to, in order to follow him, and they all walk away. Jesus himself asked three people who desired to follow him to do something that was pretty radical for their lives, to follow him. All he was saying is he's greater than all of it but they walked away. This isn't meant to scare you guys. This is meant to be a, a call out, if you will. I'm not here to stand above you and preach down to you and say, look, you guys got to fix this because I've noticed these things are, 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 are bad, but it's, I've looked at my own heart. I've checked myself. God has called me out on these things and said, look, you've got to align your heart with mine if you're going to be obedient like you want. If you want to go the direction I want to go, I need these things from you. Sacrifice these things. Give these things over to me. And so it comes down to the title of the message, just do it. Just Nike it. Be bold. Just do it. How? Just do it. How hard can it really be to proclaim the name of Jesus 
one second and then not the next second drag him through the mud. My dad uses this illustration a lot when, um, when he's in his Bible study at school, and he, he, he talks about this illustration of, of do you crucify God? Do you crucify Jesus at the gates of your school and pick him up when you leave? Do you say, wait here, Jesus, I'll be back at 3, 3.02 if you go to heart, which is weird, and then you come 3.02, 2 o'clock, whenever you get out, and you're like, all right, let's go. We got stuff to do. No. No, 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 no. That is the place God wants to be the most, and he cannot reach people there without you. If everyone will bow their heads real quick, as we're coming to a close with this. I understand that maybe there are some people here who don't know what it means to follow Jesus. There are some people who don't understand the grace of God, the love of God, of Jesus, what he did, the ultimate sacrifice he made. And let me tell you that that cross he carried, he carried willingly. He died willingly so that we could spend eternity with God the Father. That is what he did for us with unconditional love. And I want you guys to know that this call to boldness, this, this desire for, for me to share this, this is what God put on my heart because he's saying, look to your left, look to your right. What friends do you have that are not in this room? What friends do you have that don't know Jesus? Bring them here. So for those people who don't know Jesus, who don't know what it means to follow him, I'm going to give you an opportunity to to receive Jesus. I'm just going to ask you to, to lift up your hands, and all that's signifying is that with an outward expression, it builds in the heart. It's what the heart really wants. It's what the heart really desires. And so if that is tugging on your heart tonight, if God is tugging on your heart tonight saying, come follow me, pick up your cross daily and follow me, serve me, have eternal life with me, I died for you, come be with me for eternity. If that is you, if you want to know Jesus, I'm going to give you the count of three and then just shoot up your hand if that's you. And then I'm going to pray with you in agreement. So one, God loves you very much. Two, you will never be the same after this. And three, let me see those hands if that's you tonight. If you want to know Jesus, praise God. Praise God. Lord, I thank you for the hands that were raised. I thank you for the hearts that are open to you, Father God. You didn't, there's necessarily hands that weren't raised, but Lord, you know the heart of everyone in here. And Father God, I thank you for those people who have made that decision tonight. Lord, that you would call them into your kingdom for an eternity in paradise with you, Father God, that you have called us into something so much greater than we could ever anticipate. Lord, we love you and we praise you and we thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Now we're going to go back into worship and we're going to sing one last song. But before we do, there's something that I want to do and it's going to be bold. No pun intended. If you guys will stand with me. I stand here telling you guys this is what I'm committed to. Call me out on it. I want to be bold for the gospel. I want to see revival in Santa Clarita, and it's going to start with me. It's going to start with Unleashed. If that's you, I want you to stand to your feet. I want you to make an 
proclamation right now that this is something that I am going to commit to do alongside you, Ryan. This is something I'm going to commit to do alongside you, adult leaders. This is something where I want you to keep me accountable, and you're going to keep me accountable, and it's going to be like a vice versa little thing. This is like a networking program kind of thing. I want you to stand and look around and see who is going to be bold. So at the count of three, if that is you, if you want to be bold for the gospel, if you want to pick up your cross daily and follow Jesus, it's not going to be easy. I'm not going to lie to you. It's not going to be easy, and there are going to be days when it's not fun. But if that is you, it is going to be very well worth it in the end. Would you stand to your feet? One, two, three. Stand to your feet if that's you. If you want to be bold, praise God. I want you guys to look around. I want you to see the people who are standing around you, and I want you to know the people you go to school with. I want you to know the people around you, and I want you to say, hey, I'm going to hold you accountable to this. Go ahead, say it right now. Turn to a few people. Say, hey, I'm going to hold you accountable to this. All right. Would you guys join me in worship for this last song?